This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. WPHT HD. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia. A radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I am very wide awake. Very wide awake this morning, man. <laughs> I'm excited to be here every week talking to our audience about the real estate industry, which is booming here on Talk Radio 1210. If you want to ask us a question on mortgages, commercial, residential, give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. And here's an important number. What's your number, Deanne? <laughs> My number is 609-605-7153. Call her up. She can save you big bucks on your mortgage. And we're here every week to keep you informed, answer any questions you can. You can listen to this show and our past shows at goodnewsandrealestate.com and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes, got one for you. We also have business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yes. Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Which loan is right for me? That's a good one. It is a good one. And Mark, we have um, Jeff Giblin. Um, he is from the Philadelphia market. He's um, a luxury real estate agent um, down in Florida. And he's here to talk about new construction in the Philadelphia hot Florida market. We also have our Florida. questions. Florida is booming, man. It is booming. Um, question number one, can the IRS tax you on unpaid loans after a short sale? No, nah, the, they can't tax the, you at all. It's unconstitutional. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is, can you define the term landlocked? And yes. next question is, what happens when a lien on a condominium is not paid and then it's taken to court? That's a good one. Oh, student. And we also have our topic of the day. Property taxes and appealing your assessment. Right. That's but first, Mark, one. give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, in order to keep a true perspective on one's importance, everyone should have a dog that will worship them and a cat that will ignore them. <laughs> that was by Mark Twain. <laughs> and that'll keep things in perspective. Oh, man. <laughs> 
My so dog was at? so depressed when I went away. Oh. Uh, so, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So, the markets, every week, it's just, it's like, I feel like I'm doing the uh, weather in California. It's like sunny every day. <laughs> Higher home prices nationwide are hitting buyers' pocketbooks because 80% of the 161 metros tracked by the National Association of Realtors, a group that better get their act together, because of the competition are getting with Zillow. I'm going to talk about that one week. Prices just keep increasing up, or up and up. It's like the balloon is going up. But don't worry about the balloon. Forget I said that. There's not going to be a bubble or anything like that. That marks a jump from 150 metros posted in growth in the third quarter of last year. National media existing hope price jumped nearly 15% on a year-over-year basis in the fourth quarter to 315900 Now, we talked about last, I me we mentioned last week, 11 years ago when we started our show, that the national price was like 210 something like that. Now it's 315 And all major regions of the country saw double-digit year-over-year price growth. The Northeast led with a 20.7% year-over-year hike. 20.7, followed by the West at 15.5, the Midwest at 15.1, and the South by 14. But those numbers will be drastically different soon because everybody's, <laughs> everybody's going to Florida, and that's going to bring it up. The higher income prices may help sellers, but may be detrimental to some buyers, since Lawrence Young, uh, the guy that works for NAR, because the, the average working family is going to be struggling to come with the home prices much faster than income, but also, you got the low rates, which are going to offset that and help buyers. So well, that's low, what that's exactly what I've been saying. People are right. worried about the inflated price, but you know that was when you were at four point two, you know, two five percent on interest rate, and now you're at two point six two five. So it it basically is a wash if you do the math. Yeah, as of Thursday, thirty fixed year rate mortgage. Average 273 nationwide. So that's driving buyer demand. The biggest problem is the inventory. I looked at uh, our MOS this morning, and there was 3,107 houses for sale. That's 3,107 out of 676,000. It's not good, so, Mark. <clears throat> it is not. not good. And the last thing is the pandemic. Pandemic driven demand for vacation homes that surged a big times 118 percent over a year because people are all, are looking for shore houses second homes because of these rates and everything else and the market's still highly competitive and all them so we're looking good i think 21 is going to be a banging year yeah I, we just got to get more inventory that's all yeah I, and then we'll be banging if all the real all right well speaking agents, all the real estate agents would listen to us and, and get out there and, and hit their database. Call their database yeah. and have more listings. So tell yeah. me about the rates. So the rates, your 30 year conventional, 2.625%, your 30 year FHA, 2.625%. And the same with your 15 year fix is two point they're going anywhere from two and a half percent to two point six two five percent, which is just crazy. I mean the rates are phenomenal. So anybody that's thinking or even, you know, 
has an inkling of refinancing or purchasing, you got to give me a call at 609-605-7153. And she's got a great staff. I had a coaching session with two of them this week, and they're like balls of fire, and they can get you down to 2-6 in a heartbeat. So with that, you are listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, all positive all the time. We will be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, all positive, all the time. So we're at the end. Mark, we're up to your funny story. So this one is about my friend Jack. (laughs) This is a true story. So Jack loves garage sales. He's always out riding around, and he just loves poking his head in garage sales. So one day he's riding around. He sees this driveway full of stuff. He parks his car, he gets out, starts looking around. There's all kinds of things, like some really nice stuff, some sports equipment, household items. And he goes, and he's thinking to himself, man, this is one of the best garage sales I've been at in a long time. As he's looking around, all of a sudden he felt a little strange, and he noticed that there was no one out the house looking around at any of this stuff. <laughs> and there was no price tags on anything. So he looked at the owners, and they were just smiling at him. He goes, this is a garage sale, right? And they went, no. They said, but it should be. And they both started laughing. And Jack turned all red, turned around, ran back to his car and hightailed it out. So now every time he stops, he makes sure he looks for a garage sale sign before he stops at somebody organizing their garage. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's funny. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Kat Sarris, the Mortgage Mom from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is... Which loan is good for me? This is a pretty important topic, Mark, because a lot of people still to this day are not aware of exactly what needs to be done for getting a loan or what loans are available for them out there. Um, I have several conversations a day with people that just aren't familiar with, you know, what's available and how they should even go about it. So it is very detailed, but I just kind of want to go over briefly um, a couple of the different loans. Now, when deciding what loan is good for you, we have to get you pre-approved first. And you have to do that so that we know what your debt-to-income ratios are because they differ between the loans. Um, versus Conventional versus FHA is a big difference as far as what we call your DTI, which is your debt-to-income ratio. Um, so, again, getting fully pre-approved, running credit, collecting all of your income documents, will allow us to determine what loan would fit your needs. And that goes into play, how long are you gonna live in the house? Is this gonna be your forever home? Um, How much are you thinking of putting down? Do you wanna put as little as possible down? Or do you have money set aside? And most people don't realize that on a conventional loan, you can put as little as 3% down. We do not need 20%. Yeah, we talked about that last week. We talk about it all the time. The only thing 20% does is eliminate your private mortgage insurance. 
Now, conventionally, it's credit score driven. So the higher your credit score, the lower your interest rate is going to be. And the minimum credit score for your conventional loan is going to be 680. Now, that can be a 30-year, that could be a 15-year, it can be a 20-year. And the great thing about the conventional mortgage is it's flexible as far as are you going to be living in that home, which would then be your primary residence? Is it going to be a second home or are you going to purchase this as an investment? The conventional loan is the only loan that has that flexibility. When you get into VA financing or your FHA loan, that's strictly for a primary residence. You have to live in that house. Right. Same thing with the VA loan. The VA loan, you have to live in that house and you have to, if husband and wife are on the loan, only one of them has to be a veteran, but you can't have a boyfriend and a girlfriend and both take advantage of the VA loan unless they're both in the military or they're married. So there are, there are a few restrictions that go along with that. Your rural can I, housing. Can I ask you is, a question now? Sure. How come it did that just happen that it went up to 680? If you're going to put 20% down, you could go to 660, but you have to have a lot of assets in the bank. When you're talking about putting um, 3% or 10% down, you're going to need mortgage insurance, and you can't get the mortgage insurance under, 20 per, um, under a 680. I thought it was like 620 or 640. No, that's your FHA loans. All right, but a conventional yeah, is up to 680? Correct. Huh. 660 if you're going to put 20% down. Right. And again, the FHA loan minimum down payment is only 3.5% um, credit score. Now, the credit score for an FHA loan can vary depending on the company. My company requires that you have a 640. There are companies out there that are doing it with a 620 or even a 600, but the interest rate is just insane. So I'd rather take a look at it and see if we could get somebody's credit score up a little bit higher then have them pay you know such a high interest rate because right, over time that lower interest rate is definitely going to be the way to go so again to get fully pre-approved first let's run the credit let's see what kind of assets you have there are seller concessions that are out there available as well but you want to make sure that you're going to get the loan number one that you qualify for number two that's going to meet your needs and the, and the third is that you understand it because not knowing what type of loan you have or all the caveats that go along with it is extremely important. And that's why I pride myself on educating the buyer so they know exactly what they're getting and that we're reaching their goals. Well, that was a good segment. You sound so, so excited. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, you actually shocked me because I, I thought that uh, the scores were a little lower, like 620. I, I, for conventional that just, financing that just happened they went up a little bit no 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 all right so we're <laughs> at the question so uh what's the first question we are at the questions and the first question is what happens when a lien on a condo is not paid and then it's taken to court well a lien you know that encumbers the name property it's there until it's paid or satisfied most most times it can't be transferred, sold, refinanced, unless there's some agreement reached with the lien holder, except in being like a marital property held uh, in tenancy by entirety when only one spouse is on the actual debt. Uh, it's unclear what the term taken to court means, though. 
One possibility is that the lien has been perfected, making it secure debt, and the lien holder is requesting the court to force the sale of the property, like in a couple that split up or something like that. But uh, one way or the other, this is going to have to be resolved before you can sell this thing and straighten it out or sell it and straighten it out. What's the next one? All right, the next question is, can you define the term landlocked? You remember this one from real estate school? Uh, it's been a long time. <laughs> and this is like, you can make a mistake and it happens. People buy a piece of property that does not touch a public road or, or could access only by crossing over somebody else's property. And the land is locked from legal access unless you have permission from another landowner, a temporary right to cross it or an easement, you could fly over the land, <laughs> but you may not, you may need a surface to access it, you know. So, unless you get some kind of uh, easement done or some variance done and have a road put in and, and some neighbor sells you a piece of property or something like that, you could have bought a property that's landlocked. That right. you technically can, and I've heard of cases like this where, you know, people bought a piece of ground and started building a house and didn't think about all this because they were using some dirt road or something. And it turned out that dirt road wasn't on their property and they were landlocked. Yeah, and, and it really has little value. And yeah, the craziest one I ever remember with land was the one that you had uh, that people in Jersey that built the big pool with the. Yep. With the swim house and everything, didn't realize they built it on a neighbor's property. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You got to be careful. What's the next one? The next question is, can the IRS tax you on unpaid loans after a short sale? Yeah, my favorite government agency. It depends on how the lender reports it. If they report the difference on a loan as a canceled debt, they use a form 1099-C, is taxable as income under the Internal Revenue Code. More often, though, it's going to be reported on a 1099-A, an acquisition or abandonment of property. You must report this as you would any other sale of a house. Right. And, and it creates a capital gain. And hopefully this president doesn't go through with that 39.6% capital gains tax because that would be a killer. I suggest, you, but, you know, I'm not an accountant. I'm going to give you uh, tax advice. You should talk to a professional like our guy, Mr. Don Devlin, the greatest accountant in the world. <laughs> uh, you should get professional tax preparation advice on <laughs> topics like this. So give Don Devlin, look him up. He's the best accountant there is, and he will take care of you. All right, so that's all the questions. Yeah, you know, Mark, I just, I heard on the news the other day that there's, I mean, it's it's no different than regular, you know, everyday fraud, um, but there's a lot of 1099s that are going out there now that are actually um, fraud, and I don't, they've, they've gone and deemed it as 1099G, so really? they did a big, I saw it on the news that if anybody received a 1099G, that they need to call the IRS because it's, it's a fraudulent 1099. And what would... You would get this in the mail, and what would you do with it? You, there's nothing you can do with it because it's fraudulent. That's why they were asking for it to be reported um, oh. to the IRS. So, oh. I mean, most people that get a 1099 form turn everything into their accountant, or if they're doing their taxes themselves, they're Bad automatically news. putting everything in. So some people just wouldn't ask, and they would just use it. Yeah, if you're a 1099, so you got to be careful. Do not do your taxes by yourself. 
Never. <laughs> never. Never, never, never. Never. All right. So coming up next, Mark, is our guest segment with Jeff Giblin, and he is with the Giblin Luxury Group out in Florida. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to our guest segment, and I'm so excited today to have Jeff Giblin with us, and he is with Giblin Group Luxury, and he is setting it on fire in Florida. Yeah, I'm curious to, to hear about the Florida market, Jeff. So everybody in the country's running to your market. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah, guys, I mean, on top of the weather, you know, once again, it's, uh, it's a no-income tax state, and uh, 1,000 people a day are moving down here, guys. Number one yeah. state. Next to Texas, we'll yeah, take the bragging rights for that. Six hundred <laughs> a day are moving out of New York. You must yeah, be getting a ton yeah. of them. I mean, it's a ton, ton of them. Connecticut, New Jersey, um, that whole, uh, whole little uh, pocket there with New England. Yep, it's crazy. It really is. And yeah, we welcome there's... them. We welcome them, guys. Yeah, sure. I'm sure you All do. Day. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and because it, it's nice to go out when you're down in Florida and somebody actually says that they're from New Jersey or they're from Philadelphia and they know somebody that knows somebody that you know. So, you know, it's like home away from home. Always, always. That's a great point, uh, Deanne. It's, you know, like I say, it's pretty hard to find a true native in Florida. You know, you ask them, somebody's always from, uh, you know, from somewhere, and, and the majority are the uh, the East Coast right there, you know, with yep. you guys up north. New Jersey, like I say, Connecticut, New York. The Midwesterners go to uh, predominantly the Gulf Coast. Right. Oh, yeah. right. How, what's, your, so, what's your inventory like in, in your market, Jeff? So last time we spoke, um, it, it's down a little bit, but we still got a decent inventory. It's still like uh, right around three to four months. Oh, really? Average days on the market still eighty. Yeah, and like like I say, when I was talking to Yan, um, you know, she said you guys can't, you know, you guys really don't even have any inventory. But you know, once again, what kind of offsets that a little bit is we've got a lot of new construction as well going on. So right. you know, these places all, you know, it's still obviously a hot market. We're up like you know twenty eight percent. But uh, but we do have some inventory. Like I say, it's it's not a situation. These builders are going crazy, building uh, you know supply as quick as they can, and uh, and then we've got a huge growth yet in the uh, luxury condo sales. So and in the, lux- a lot of the new, in the luxury you know, condo sales, condos. what kind of price ranges are in the luxury condo sales? What what's the average? Uh, average on the condos is, I mean, it's honestly pushing a million bucks. It's pretty, you're, you're going to be hard pressed Southeast Florida to find anything, you know, in a high rise condo, honestly, that's, that's under a million bucks. You can get some resales. Now that's new construction. You can do some, you know, some resales, um, you know, six, seven, you know, but that's going to be in, you know, typically an older building. Um, you know, in some of these places, million bucks, that's it, it, only getting you two bedrooms. But, 
you know, once again, the, the, the thing that makes those so popular is, you know, they're right on the water. So right. you're, you're on the beach. And, and, and uh, your tax structure, you know, you're not getting killed. The tax yeah, no, no. Well, once again, uh, you know, if you homestead, um, and in order to do that, you just got to, you know, reside down here six months in one day. Um, so that's what, you know, that's what a lot of people do. And then they still go back up north. But I'll tell you what we're finding more and more is people that want to live down here full time. Before, you know, 10 years ago, you know, the term was snowbirds. I mean, yep. yeah, we still use it. But, you know, what we're finding is after people do the snowbird thing two, three years, they're just tired of going back to the, you know what I mean, to uh, to, to the weather. I mean, not the summer, but you know what I mean. It's, it's, it's a short yeah, I've, summer I've, up there. Like, and plus you got now this change in the uh, way people work. I mean, you know, like technically I could run my school from Florida. Like, you know, I'm doing that, everything I'm on, I'm doing everything online. I don't does it matter where I'm sitting at in front of a PC? No. You know? No. And that's you know, and obviously what's even made that number sore is the you know, the whole COVID thing. Yeah. You know, these companies and stuff, hey, they'd rather have the employees stay at home. You know, the kids are still home, uh, a lot of them doing uh you know, the virtual schooling and, 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 you know, so parents are staying home with them on top of, uh, on top of working from home. So exactly. And, and once again, that's what's created the drive because they're figuring, Hey, if I'm going to work at home, at least I can, you know, enjoy the weather. And, uh, and, and some of them, they'll take the laptop to the beach. Right. You know, so that's a, you're sitting on that's, the beach, that's uh, a tough day at the office. You know, a, My uh, laptop at the beach. <laughs> It's hard to stay inside when you're there. It's, you know, and, and it's not the same schedule because the last thing you want to do is, you know, be working inside when it's 82 degrees and gorgeous outside. Yeah, I mean, no. there's pickleball to be played. Come on. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, am, am, am I allowed to bring that up, Deanne? The pickleball thing? We got we got Deanne and her husband Pete playing pickleball, man. I'm telling you. That's the thing with the weather. You want to be outside doing something. You know, right. it's people active. That's why we've also got a healthy population. Once people move down here, they truly do really start to watch their diet. They're exercising. And, uh, you know, now you got Deanna, you know, she's going to start giving pickleball lessons. So, you know, <laughs> what the hell is pickleball? Down here, I'm telling you. What is pickleball? Oh, it's, a, it's a great, it's, it's similar to tennis. It's like a cross between tennis and racquetball right. on, a, on a shortened tennis court. And you play with like a, a wiffle ball, but it's a little bit he heavier than a wiffle ball with uh, like a paddle. It's like an oversized ping pong paddle. It huh. is the funnest game. And when you come down to South Florida... It's huge. So a lot of these new construction 55-plus communities, and even the ones that aren't 55-plus, every single one of these places being built now has at least one pickleball court that they're putting in <laughs> because it's such a popular sport. Everybody's playing. It's, it's crazy. crazy. And it is That's fun. Cool. And it's, it's a great cool. workout. Yeah. yeah, I used to love playing oh, tennis. Awesome. And every time I went to Florida, I played tennis. Yeah, Mark, I think like this it, is more fun. Yeah, I think it's more yep, fun than yep. tennis. Great cardio, right, Deanne? I mean, it's it, it is it's awesome. It's just a, <laughs> it is it's fun. A great yep. workout. So you got how many people a day moving into Florida? You said thousand, 
Wow. 1,000. That was just on the news again, and same thing last year. It's been like that for the uh, you know the last few years. I mean, right now we got a population of 23, 23, 24 million right now. I think it's right. 23. 23 million people, and just in uh, southeast Florida, which is really from... Uh, like where we're at, Palm Beach Gardens to Miami, right. you've got like 7.2 million. And that's just as far as, as far west as the turnpike, which isn't that far. It's like 10 miles inland. Now, on the Gulf Coast, are prices still pretty reasonable? Same thing. Yep. The Gulf Coast is uh, is reaping the war rewards. Re- really, every part, you know, every part of Florida. Um, you got the villages, which is that huge retirement, you know, community north of Orlando, which is like central Florida. Right. And, you know, because, because that's what's nice. It gives everybody pretty diverse price range to choose from, you know, uh, obviously the closer to the water you are, the higher the prices we are, real estate values are higher or prices are higher on the East coast, the right. Southeast coast than they are the Gulf Coast, with the exception of kind of, you know, Naples. Naples is still, you know, that's a pricey uh, pricey little zip code. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I just feel that the southeast Florida, that's the other thing. Once again, you get from, from Palm Beach Gardens, really Jupiter, all the way to Miami. You got all those little cities right in between that are 15 miles apart. Boca right. Raton, Delray Beach, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. So there's definitely more more to do. You know, we just we have about a minute left. So I was just going to have um, <clears throat> Jeff tell everyone how they can get a hold of you, what your website is, you know, and the best contact number so that um, people that are interested in moving to Florida or just getting a second home can reach out to you. Yeah, definitely. No, that'd be, that, that would be great, guys. Yeah, you can reach me. Uh, my name is Jeff. Last name's Giblin. My wife and I are both licensed. I've been licensed 22 years down here. Um, name of our, uh, you know, company is Giblin Group Luxury, and I am an agent also. I mean, that's a division of, not a division of, but that's our own little side entity of Douglas Elliman, Palm Beach. My wife's out of Brickle Brokers, Miami. So we cover everything from Jupiter down to Miami Beach. You know, anything you're looking in between, we can facilitate that for you. You just want to, you know, get your, uh, you know, feet wet down here and rent first. You know, we do that as well as as well as developing. I can Clear, give us five six one seven six two fifty three thirty three, and the website's giblinggroupluxury.com. Say your phone number one more time, Jeff. It's a uh, five six one seven six two fifty three thirty three. All right, very good. All right, great. Thanks, Jeff. It was great having you on. He's got me thinking I could be working yeah, in awesome. Florida. Awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll talk hey, soon. All right. Give us a call. Give All us right. a call, Mark. We'll get you a second home. Thanks, right, guys. Very good. Thanks, right. Jeff. And coming up next is our topic of the day, which is property taxes and appealing your assessment. Yeah, that was a good segment with Jeff. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. 
Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. That's where we at, Deanne. I feel like going Mark, to Florida, man. I'm telling you, I mean, and and Jeff is one of the most knowledgeable realtors I know down there. He is just, you know, a wealth of information, and besides him and his wife are the nicest people ever, so you're definitely in good hands. You know, um, I could, you think my teachers would know if I was running to school from Florida? No, I don't think so. <laughs> All right, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is property taxes and appealing your assessment. You know what? We bring this up every once in a while. And a lot of people's taxes, you you just had to pay them. and, and, And I know Philadelphia, I think we've been reassessed three times in the last five years. And they're just backdoor taxes. And they don't always get it right. I mean, they're not coming to your house and taking a tour. They're just reassessing you and at, and they never go down. I've, I've yet to ever. <laughs> no, they never go down. Yeah, it's like somebody <laughs> reassesses my value, but how come it never goes down? You know, like, well, well, yeah, we get, oh, you know what? We think you're a little high. That doesn't happen. No. So, but, but you can, you have the right to appeal this assessment if it happens to you. And a lot of people don't. Like I was when I was talking to your state two staffers about you know talking to clients about getting mortgages and that somebody's at five percent and they should refi and your one your son said Tommy said uh, no nah, I'm not really interested I'm I'm like that's the way just some people are they don't <laughs> want to bother it's it's confrontation it's change it's doing right. something and, and that's so they just pay the taxes like their taxes go up by this and they go. Damn, my taxes went up. You can file. I heard there's like about 130,000 pending cases in Philadelphia since AVI, which was what, four years ago, five years ago? Yeah, maybe. And that have still not been worked out. So if they just raise your taxes, a lot of times they're doing it just for a backdoor tax increase. But you can... And it's not that difficult. We had a, an appraiser on the show one time talk about this. It was like a one-page form in the counties, and you filled it out. You submitted it to the local tax assessor's office, and you appealed that tax increase. And, and a lot of times, he said they won because hardly anybody did it. So the ones that complain, they would say, okay. Right. Remember that? Yeah, so, and it's what's that, the squeaky wheel? Right. So, like, if you never, ever challenge it, they're just going to keep doing this to you. And, uh, like, mine went up, I don't know how many times over the last few years. So, it's something to think about. So, rather than just getting that new tax bill and say, oh, damn, it went up another $500. You know, say, wait a minute, why did this go up $500? And then you can appeal it. Maybe you won't win. But you never know, because if you don't ask the answers... No. Exactly. So now you you set up a hearing, you go down, you talk to somebody, and at a lot of times, they'll go along with you. It would be shot. It's like fighting a traffic ticket. Some people just pay it, 
If you go to the hearing, a lot of times they drop it. But because you don't. showed up. Or because <laughs> you showed up. But, you know, but like uh, most people just whip out the checkbook and pay it. So we could talk about this for a long time. But I'll, I'll bring it up again. But, you know, some of these counties, man, you know, they built some uh, $2 million McMansion down the street from you. And your house is from the 80s. And just because now they surrounded you, your taxes go through the roof. You should be able to appeal that. But a lot of people don't bother. And it's You're not right. as complicated as you think it is. Good topic, Mark. I guess that's all I got time to say about that. That is true. <laughs> all right, Mark. So we all are right. up to our segment with Dr. A. And he is here to talk about the void of leadership. Hey, doctor. How are you? I'm doing fine down here in frozen uh, Texas. Texas, frozen <laughs> Texas. It's unbelievable. They're like freaking out in Texas over this stuff. But so tell well, us about energy. this. It's not. It's not the the cold, but it's the energy. Anyhow, yeah. let's let's talk about this because we. Yeah. This has been an issue, uh, you know, on the national level, on the local level. The problem is politics and leadership does not mix. Does not does not mix well. Oh. Uh, so so and, and so let's talk about what's happening with the vaccine and the lack of leadership. But let me let me just start off by talking about what what's in between a leader and a manager. Okay, a, a, a manager typically gets stuff done. Right. The leader typically decides what that stuff is that's supposed to get done. So you can have people to do both. Okay, they they can be both effective as a, as a leader uh, because they're they're visionary. Uh, they make good decisions, more good decisions than poor decisions. There's no leader in the world who's ever made all the right decisions. Even Moses hit the uh, hit the rock instead of talking to it and asking for, you know, for manna from heaven. So, right. so it's it's important to realize that there is this huge this huge difference. Now, what what we're actually seeing, I believe, and let's talk about it from a political standpoint, is we're seeing politics trumping, not even good leadership, but actually good management. And what yep. people are doing is they're managing for self-serving gains instead of the gain of the greater good, which is what leaders do. I mean, right. just, leaders you know, leaders have a listener, vision. Think about and, what a leader does. Yeah, a lead, leader. I always thought leadership has a big picture and a manager puts out fires. That's the way I always looked at it. Well, Steve Covey has this imagery that he paints where, where there's, there's a jungle and there's somebody that's cutting the path in the jungle and then there's somebody who's up in a tree, okay? Uh, and the idea is the person who's cutting the path in the jungle is not the leader. They're the manager because they're managing getting it done. Okay. Right. It's the person who's up in the tree who actually sees in the future and can guide the person who is the manager so that they stay in a straight line. How I expand that is that an effective leader is going to have not just one manager, but they might have seven or eight or 10 managers uh, who are teaching people behind them how to do what they're doing. And you have this one leader who's up in the tree that's helping these six or eight or 10 managers move in the same direction. That's okay, right. Now Lever what leveraging. When you get, yes. Yes. Everybody's leveraging, you know, their time. And let, let's talk about the manager with this one metaphor is, is how I paint it is the manager is really the third person in line. The first person in line is the guy or gal who's doing the work. The second person in line is in training. 
okay? And the manager is whispering and pointing out to the second person in line what is going on and the techniques are being used. And, and then what happens is when the first person gets tired, they go to the back of the line. The person who's in training then steps up to the front of the line. And then the person behind the, 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 the manager steps up in front of the manager and is training. So, so what you're doing is you're leveraging that manager because a manager is always there and able to do the training. That's correct. But what we're, the, the okay. going through that right now. <laughs> yep. Well, we all do. We all go through all that. And it's, it's called being a manager, being a leader. I mean, what is a leader? A, a leader leverages people. Okay. And the people leverage money. The people leverage technology. The people leverage uh, different techniques and things of that nature. But what's happening is the leader is the one who's leveraging the managers and leveraging everything. And that's why you don't have to have a title of being a leader. You can be an emergent leader because other people respect you because you treat them with respect. You make more right decisions than wrong decisions. And things get done effectively and appropriately, not just politically. And that's a good leader. So, doctor, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. It's really easy. It's Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N, at A-B-E-L-S-O-N dot net. And until the end of February, we're still offering a free uh, assessment to anybody who contacts us. So so email me directly, and we'll get you a free assessment on for yourself. All right, very Sounds good, Sounds great. Doctor. Thanks, Dr. Ray. Thanks, guys. All right, if you Take have care. any questions, if you have any questions, you can email them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Kitsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. A special thanks to all our listeners for tuning in every Sunday. And Dr. Ray from calling in from Friesen, Texas. And you can listen to this show and past shows on our website and everything. And we want to thank our sponsors for keeping us on the air for 11 years. So with that, have a great and warm week. Hopefully not like Texas. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive. All positive. All, all the, time. the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.